In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, welcome to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, the podcast that stays crunchy, even in milk, overnight. This program, like many other modern podcasts, is a value-for-value podcast. We send you the value of the content, free, without a paywall or a subscription, or giving up your personal information while creating an account. The amount of value you receive is entirely up to you. If you thought it was terrible, well, you're only out of a few minutes of your own time. But if you thought it was great, we would like you to take that value and pass it on. You see, we don't want your money. We want you to spread the love that we received from God free and give it to someone else who most desperately needs it. And the best part is that when you give God's love away, you somehow haven't lost a thing. In fact, you may have gained more than you started with. It's a true miracle. So if you like this podcast, share it with a friend or somebody you're just passing by on the street. There are lots of ways to do it, including taking a look at the show notes and copying the address from Buzzsprout down and giving it to someone else. You need help with that? Just send me an email at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org and I'll get back to you right away. Today's sermon is out of Timothy Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. It's titled, Christ Give Courage, and is based upon a reading from Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. Let's listen in now, shall we? The Word of God before us today has promised Galatians chapter 2, but we read just a section from that lesson. Before certain men came from James, he, Peter, used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid. So far the word. You're Paul. Didn't know that, did you? But you are, at least for the moment. You're the Apostle Paul. And you are sitting because you're in, it is a Jewish household, but it's a Christian, they converted to Christianity. Very wealthy individual, but he lives Roman style, so he sits in chairs, like we do today. So you're sitting at chairs around tables in a large atrium in the middle of the house. Again, I said it's pretty big, big house. Most of you are sitting, several dozen of you in the atrium. Few are sitting off under the shelter and shade of the roofs around you. And as you're talking, people are asking naturally about your first missionary experience, especially some people who are new to the congregation and have passed through, they get to talk to the Apostle Paul and they ask you some things and you're talking. And while you're talking, they do notice that a couple times you start to do this and then you get back to the conversation again and they ask you questions like, is it true on Cyprus? That after you struck blind the sorcerer Bar Jesus, that as soon as that happened, or soon after, the proconsul, what's his name? Sergius Paulus, you say. Yes, yeah, Sergius, he became a Christian. Yeah, that's true. He actually became a Christian right after that. And then you go on to talk again about some of the persecution you had, some of the needs of the church, caring for the poor, even though the famine is over now in the land, there's still people who are hard-pressed, and again they notice that you look over one more time, 
And then you get back to the conversation. And you're talking about, now they ask you about, but we heard that you were thought of as one of the gods. They called you Hermes. No, 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 that's not right. They called my missionary buddy, they called him Hermes, they called me Zeus, after we did a miracle. I corrected them immediately, obviously. And you're talking about that, and what a shock that would be. And finally, Kepha, Cephas in English, Peter, and now you're talking to a specific man at another table, Peter the Apostle, and you could hear a pin drop in that atrium. All eyes are now looking at two people. How is it, Peter, you can imagine wherever he was sitting, how is it, Peter, that you're a Jew? But you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, and yet you're forcing the Gentiles sitting here to live like Jews. This is what happened between two of the apostles of Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to pull the problem at least the part that God reveals to us about Peter's heart. And from that problem, we're going to draw our theme for today, which is Christ, give courage. Because we're afraid. Give us this concrete, unchanging, never-ending and changing knowledge that we are saved, declared innocent by faith alone. Peter should have known better. Should have known better. He had been given a miraculous vision from God. He was in a town called Joppa. He was on the roof of the house. He was praying to God. He must have had a beautiful, commanding view of the Mediterranean Sea. It's right on the coast of the Mediterranean. And all of a sudden, God gives him a vision three times. And I'm just going to summarize the meaning. He was given a vision of unclean animals in a big sheet. How that looked, I don't know. But God's point, God said it. These clean animals are now, these unclean animals are now clean. You can eat anything. What a titanic shift in the church. And then, as soon as that happened, a unclean man, a Roman by the name of Cornelius, a Roman centurion, his emissaries come to Peter's house, they invite him to Cornelius' house. And by the time Peter got to the door, the threshold of the unclean man's house, what was it like for him, a Jew, to step across the threshold? But he did, to his credit. And by the end of that discussion with Cornelius and his household, the Holy Spirit descended on those Gentiles, these unclean human beings, and they were speaking in foreign languages just like happened in Jerusalem on Pentecost. And then Peter baptized the whole household. God's point was clear. Unclean animals are now clean. Unclean people are now clean. Peter should have known that. Because now comes this day. And men come from James, and we don't know what the story is with James, the half-brother of Jesus, but men came from James and said, Guys, at the very least, at the very least, you need to circumcise your boys. What are you doing? None of you are doing this? 
And you're teaching the Gentiles they don't have to do this? We've done this for centuries. God told us to do this. If you want to be saved, get serious about your faith. And Peter heard things like this and was afraid. And so what did he do? He started to go with what he felt instead of what he knew. God, through the apostle, highlights what we know. I'm going to read from verse 16. Listen to this. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus. It doesn't get much simpler. At least the words. But as we look at this, what happens when we go with our feelings? I'm going to say it again. Feelings are a gift from God. They are also a good thing. But when we are carried away by our fear, we can take a very good thing, which is be the peacemakers of the earth. This is what Jesus himself teaches us. Be the peacemakers. End conflict. But that virtue has no meaning unless we end conflict according to the will of God. And we can push that virtue into the realm of madness by avoiding all conflict at all costs. And this is what Peter was doing. It can come to the point where finally the only sin in the world is to confront sin. I hope you understand what I just said. Where the only sin, the only evil left in the world is if you confront evil. This is what Peter was doing. So as we think about this, there's a reason Paul said this, and it's not because Paul was coming from a holier-than-thou position. Paul had to get knocked on his rear end by Jesus directly and be corrected. Right outside of Damascus, right? And Paul also, in Ephesians 6, says, Pray that I may declare the gospel fearlessly as I should. Why would Paul pray for that from the Ephesians unless he was scared? And then Paul says, what's at stake? He says in 2 Timothy 2, and he highlights two false teachers, Hymenaeus and Philetus. He says, if their teachings continue, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Putrefaction of flesh. Rotting of flesh. It's gross enough when it's something you eat and you throw in the garbage can and it's like, honey, you've got to get this out of the kitchen. It is not going to wait till morning. It stinks. Whatever it is, meat, right? It's so much worse. This is the stuff of nightmares when it's our own bodies. Rotting. Putrefaction. Is better than living a lie in front of Christians. I wish I could say this was confined just to the Apostle Peter, but by virtue of just him being a leader, being an apostle, it began to spread to others just like Dane Green. And it began to spread to the point where Paul used the word. Nowadays, the modern-day Greeks would call it, if you wanted to say he or she is an actor, they would say, Hei nai In those days, they called it, they said, Hei hypocrites. Did you catch the English word? The ancient Greeks would call actors hypocrites. Peter, you're being an actor. You are not actually living what you are saying. Those things are not in line with each other, and they are not in line with the gospel. And so Paul said, there's a reason. Just three chapters later, in this same book, 
This is the reason God was saying this through Paul. Galatians 5 verse 4 says, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. People actually losing their saving faith. But God says, human life, you human beings sitting in the pews, even this guy standing up here preaching, you are valuable. Your life is valuable. And Peter, you sitting at that other table now and saying, sorry Gentiles, I can't sit with you. Why? I just can't. That is killing souls. So dear friends, I'm going to drop some grammar. No, don't ever do that. Don't use grammar ever. Especially after our lessons in grammar are done in elementary school. Let's not ever go back to that, but I'm going to drop some grammar. Look at the first verse in our lesson. When Cephas came to Antioch, I posed him to his face because he... It's not present. That's not the present tense. It's not happening when Paul is speaking to Peter. He stood, condemned, a perfect participle, which means this. There's the grammar. Please don't let your brain shut off, because I said that. A perfect participle is, at a specific point in the past, something that's already done. Do you understand now who is actually speaking to Peter? Is it the king? Or is it the messenger who concocts the message? A message always starts with the king. It begins in his mind, he speaks with his counsel, and then it goes to the messenger, and that message may be weeks old by the time the message is brought to another king. The message came from God himself. Peter was already condemned by God. I'm not saying his faith was dead. But for this action, he was already condemned by God for sitting only with the Jews. Now this part might seem cut and dry for us as Gentiles. Good, Paul. Very good. Yes, Peter was wrong. He should be sitting with us Gentiles because we're, we're Gentiles. We're awesome, right? We can agree on that, right? He should sit with us, of course. But there's more to it than that. We might say, Paul, it's good that you confronted Peter, but could you have done it privately? Did you have to do it in front of them all? I would give an example here. It was years ago when I was going to Fox Valley Lutheran High School. Chapel talk. The speaker was done. Stepped down from the stage in the auditorium. And all of a sudden, one of our other teachers walks up. And this was unusual. We're like, are we supposed to stay here now? We're supposed to go to our next class, right? But it became clear. This teacher, nervous, said to all 600 some of us, I am an alcoholic. And I need to step away from the ministry for a time until I can work this out. I apologize for what I've done. And again, you could hear a pin drop. As the years went on, I was very much appreciative of this person doing this. But we might say, did you really have to do this? Come on, faculty. Come on, Board of Education. Did he really have to go up there? The student body were already joking about this sin amongst themselves. Do you see how uncomfortable this is? Nobody wants to talk about it in a public way. You just joke about it. The damage was being done. And so the teacher, because of the public nature of it, publicly repented before the student body. 
We do this with anything like that. Whether it's a pastor falling into a sin, or some other public sin of a Christian, this is what we do. I know in an era where in-person communication is fading away, where you go to any public place and three-quarters of the eyes are looking at their cell phones or listening to their earbuds, we're having a harder and harder time of logically communicating face-to-face -face or even debating an issue face-to-face. -face. Is debate dead in the Western world? Sometimes I wonder. But in face of that culture, what does Christ say? Confront. Point out the fault. And start just between the two of you. So as we think about this, I would like to say, what happened in the aftermath of Paul confronting Peter in that gathering of Christians in Antioch? I would like to say they lived happily ever after. But the fighting continued. The disagreements of Christians continued until finally there was a Jerusalem council. It's the first recorded council of the church. It's recorded in Acts chapter 15. And in that particular council, many things happened, and I don't envy these people. Because they had to basically say, okay, with our ceremonial laws that God has said has now expired, laws about our diet, laws about how we dress, our hygiene, we don't want to so offend the Gentiles that they never even enter our churches. So how many of these ceremony laws do we want to keep on having them live by? And vice versa, we don't want to so offend the Jews by letting the Gentiles do anything that no Jews enter the church. And so this is what that council was about. Marrying together these two factions of the church, the Jews and the Gentiles. Again, I don't envy them. But at some point in that council, Peter stood up in Acts chapter 15 and he says, My fellow Jews... Why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a burden that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No. One more thing he said. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. And you can almost imagine maybe Paul off to the side saying, Testify, brother. Yes, you've got the message. You understand the truth. And more importantly, God in heaven saying, Yes, Peter, I love my Gentile people, and I love my Jewish people. Well done. Well done. So Paul was right. Peter was wrong. Is that how we're going to summarize this? It's not about who is right. It's about what is right. It's about saying the truth so that many, many more souls will not die, but actually live. It is so that we may say to Christ, our Lord today, and ask him, Christ, give us the courage to, next time, when we're in that hard situation, to say the difficult things. Even if we're the only voice in the room, yeah, give us the courage to say the hard things and to give us a love for souls that says, even if somebody does not like me when I say this next thing, and even though my hands are kind of shaken, give me the courage to speak the truth so that they and I will live. Amen.
We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. He, because I could not pay it, gave my full redemption price. Do I need of treasures many? I have one worth more than any. That brought me salvation free, lasting to eternity.